Hi, everybody. I'm George, and this is The Best Little Horror House in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest, at least. And today's guest is an editor, writer, and director in Toronto whose excellent work includes the shorts Grave Concerns, Space Monkey Origins, and No Nazis in Nova Scotia, all of which I loved, as well as the upcoming Teething, which I'm very excited about. Welcome to Glenn Matthews. Yo, thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with horror? Because clearly mm. as someone who is, has written and directed a horror short that I hear is uh, headed mm. for feature uh, as well. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly this is something that must hold a, a place near your heart. So why don't you tell us about how you got into it, uh, your Ugh. first memories, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. My relationship with horror has been, I guess you could say, a repressed one. (laughs) My introduction to it, like my earliest memory was my older brother. He was watching Child's Play at our neighbor's house. And I remember I was hanging around and I knew they were watching. I I had heard about, I think my brother got Fangoria or something. And so I kind of knew a little bit about Chucky (laughs) and enough to be... Uh, rightfully terrified. <laughs> and so uh, my brother said, he was like, well, you, you can only watch it if you go home, run next door and ask mom, uh, get her permission. And so I went home, ran home, and I got there and my mom was like, what? And I was like, uh, we're going to eat dinner over at Sheldon's. And that was all I said. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, it's like my, my oldest sin that I hold on to so dearly. And then the movie just like totally, like I barely watched like a, a, a literal frame. I just remember like the sounds terrified me so much. I literally sat in that room through like peaked eyes, like just so freaking terrified. <laughs> it's so fascinating to me that I don't know if it's just because like we're in the perfect age to like that have been everyone's older brother's movie watching taste but like (laughs) i swear to god child's play has been the number one movie that comes up when people talk about getting scared off of horror as no way yeah it's come up at least four times on this show (laughs) it's really remarkable well it's like everybody says and i'm also you know jaws Jaws scared me away from the ocean, and I grew up on the East Coast. I grew up in uh, Nova Scotia, and it's like, I don't go in the ocean (laughs) because of Jaws. But yeah, it was like there was something at least I can't remember about the marketing of Chucky, but I feel like there was just something. uh, It was in the air. Oh, it felt good dangerous and it was in the and and i think the title also child's play there's something about that that i think like maybe like got kids to lean into a little bit more i don't know yeah it's it's uh i respect it yeah don you did a great job out there man (laughs) yeah yeah um Uh, i'm curious if you have a favorite subgenre of horror, and I always also like to ask mm. creatives if that changes depending on if you're making it or just watching, because based on teething and your pick today, it seems like you might have an affection yeah. for vampires. So I was really curious. Yeah. Yeah. I really, I mean, my God, I, I, I really have gone through, I have gone through phases, but it's always, I always do return to the vampire uh i was i was a big as i said i was i was really scared of of scary films growing up so 
what's it called? Buffy. Buffy was a real kind of gateway for me to kind of start engaging in in kind of this the 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 monsters and ghouls right. and stuff. And it, I yeah, Buffy was a big one for me. That's awesome. I also I wanted to ask about your general taste for mockumentaries because based mm. on your work that No Nazis in Nova Scotia, <laughs> it seems like you did the same sort of thing where you take huh. the framework that people are used to and yeah. you subvert it in a way that lets you achieve the goal, whether that goal is comedy or raising awareness about shitheads. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's a, a, a commitment to the bit, I guess mm. you could say. In terms of mockumentaries, my God, I mean, Christopher Guest, I think, was always really like, I, I definitely really loved his films. What other? Oh, well, uh, a big one for me, and I'm interested to hear if you've heard about it, because uh, it's a Canadian film, is Fubar. Did you ever see Fubar? No, I haven't. Uh, uh, it's a Michael Dow's film, I believe, 20, maybe 2010. I don't know. Um, but it's just about two hosers in uh, Alberta just living their lives as uh, metalheads. And, it, and it, it, when it first came out, it was a question of whether or not it was real or not. It kind of had a similar <laughs> element to the, the, the Blair Witch marketing early on. You yeah. Know? Like it was it was uh, that was that was probably the high point in terms of mockumentaries before I had seen this one. This yeah. This one. Just, yeah. This one uh, so I also I think that it's really interesting that horror doesn't necessarily do like it, it feels so disparate from a mockumentary or from like the documentary mm. style just because there's so much sort of suspension of disbelief required to engage in most horror stories that by the time you've you've engaged with the horror aspects of it you're not really ready to engage on like a documentary realism kind of uh <laughs> yeah kind of thing yeah as well. so i think it's really interesting when movies are able to sort of get past that i think that mm. what we do in the shadows does that and i think to an extent blair witch does although obviously it's not going mm. for comedy it does yeah. utilize that realism and man bites <sighs> dog i think is another uh, oh my god example. Yes. Yeah, it's uh Ooh, it's, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it it does have to sort of it has to create that what is this real kind of thing in order mm. to um in order to be effective or at least like mm. like you say commit to the bit enough that it seems like they at least think it's real. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I wasn't expecting to talk about these comedies, but it's like it's the same thing. You know, you could go over to Borat as yeah. well. <laughs> you know, Definitely. like there's there's these swirling uh, uh, little uh, the the circles in which the oh, what am I trying to say? That these things as they're doing these improvisations, it's it's uh, there's a commitment to the bit that's going on that I find so. Uh, I don't know. It, it it swept me up with this one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, the one that we're talking about today is What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yes. <laughs> Co-written God. by Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi, who also directed it and has gone on to become both a critically and commercially successful writer-director with The Hunt for the Wilder People, Thor Ragnarok, mm. and the Academy Award-winning Jojo Rabbit, also achieving success as an actor in his own work and The Mandalorian, Quite the mm. resume for old Taika there. 
It's crazy. It was really cool because I, I, in prep for this, I kind of went back. I was just like, oh, the, 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 there's a lot of cool interviews with them at like film festivals and stuff like that. And right. there's there's one that I watched today where he's just talking about. He's like, somebody asked him, they're like, oh, what movie would you like to make if you could make any movie? And he just like, it's at a point. He's he's so far away from it that he just like openly says Akira, and now it looks like he's <laughs> wow. doing freaking Akira. Yeah, it's really. It was just like a some random film festival. I anyway. love when they like had their eye on the prize like that. I <laughs> I I, yeah. I love like when I watch the Alien commentary. I don't like Prometheus. I don't like Alien Covenant. A lot of those later <laughs> movies are just not my bag. But sure, yeah. in the in the like 1995 commentary on Alien, he's mm. like, "Here's the sequel that I want to make to Alien," and he basically lays out Prometheus. And I what? was like, "Holy crap!" Like, as much as I don't like the movie, I at least respect it a lot more because it's there's so much of like that creative vision and someone really knowing feeling like they can bring something to it that uh i think is really impressive and so that you know so did he sell you on it though did that pitch (laughs) of of pro were you like oh that that version sounds great uh i was at least uh i'll say that i was not quite as harsh on it anymore (laughs) okay cool cool great great but yeah i just i I think that that's really cool that taika waititi also has that that passion for his projects clearly because i mean this this movie started as a short, uh, what we do in the shadows interview with some vampires and it like, you know, they worked for years and years and years to write it and, yeah. you know, make sure that it was perfect and getting it released in the U S was a whole other thing because it needed a, a Kickstarter after only getting released in other regions. Hmm. It's incredible how much work they put into it though. 125 hours of footage were shot for this Whoa. movie. Wow. (laughs) The process of editing that down to this 90 minute movie that we got, because it is, it's a pretty short movie. Oh, it's 85. Yeah. (laughs) So what a, what a freeing feeling to look at a runtime and see not even 90. It's like, oh my God, let's go. You're preaching the choir here. Oh, Uh, yeah. (laughs) It took them a full year. To edit all that footage down to this 85-minute movie. And, cool. I mean, I can't even imagine. They could have made, like, a dozen movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I just, I can't imagine some of the things that they had to leave on the floor. Yeah. But God yeah. bless them for doing it. There's no reason for that for that to be a, a Judd Apatow length, you know? like Definitely. And I think also, <laughs> because it, it is a looser movie... Yeah, I think that it's it's the perfect length, but it would be mm-hmm. very easy for it to overstay its welcome. Yeah, and so better to keep it too short than to go oh on too God. long. Oh my God! When I rewatched it this time, when the scene comes that that you realize that the film is being you, that's the thing that I love is that on the rewatch you realize you're at the end when he's talking about uh, finally turning his, his the love of his life right and they have this beautiful sweet ending that is so uh well the, and the way that they shoot it with the two windows where he does the big <laughs> dramatic uh vampire gesture and then he crosses over there's something this film sent me down a a, a deep rabbit hole for taika waititi's films because i just never really saw like I had, i've never seen anything like this film and then just like there's something 
in seeing all of his films. The only one you didn't mention that I love that I want to give props to is Boy. Right. Um, that was the only yeah. one before this, I believe. It, well, no, there was Eagle versus Shark. Which, oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. It, uh, I've yet to make a first feature, so I shall hold my tongue. Um, (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, I don't know what I was trying to say there before I I made a disparaging (laughs) remark (laughs) oh my god that's right yeah well boy boy was the one that just like there's a consistent sweetness to his films that I feel like really it balances a really delicate line without ever getting um, I don't know what the word would be without getting saccharin saccharin sure yeah yeah, yeah it's not distastefully sweet you're like oh I like <laughs> yeah. this <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's I like being surprised by sweetness and I, that's the kind of stuff that makes your 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 heart swell unexpectedly <laughs> you know yep. and I I think this film has so goddamn much of it and I, I i love it for that reason i think well a bunch of reasons right yeah abs- absolutely i totally agree that that <laughs> is uh in large supply in this movie but mm, mm-hmm. it uh like i said it was based on this 2005 short film it featured pretty much everyone here in the same roles which i thought was interesting that it was they had everyone on board uh taika waititi as viago uh jermaine clement as vladislav Johnny Brew as Deacon and Stu Rutherford as Stu. I mean, it's <laughs> Stu. They, Stu's great. He rules. I love him in this. Uh, I was reading that they like. Yes. They didn't tell him that he was going to be so important to the movie. <laughs> so he's like, he, uh, he didn't realize until he was watching it at the premiere that they had used so much of his footage and really like <laughs> woven him in. <laughs> like, imagine uh, being Stu at that moment. <laughs> that's a mi- well, it, it doesn't surprise me because it's such a, I don't know, it's such a, he's, He's like oddly comes out of nowhere. Like it's it's probably not until what like halfway through that he's introduced. Yeah. But he he just becomes like the anchor of the second half of the film. I find yeah. you know like it's like and it's so you can tell he's not an actor. It's a reverse perfect. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Sick. And uh, so that premiere that Stu realized it at was the premiere at Sundance in January of 2014. Oh, wow. And it released in August of 2014, where it earned $6.9 million on a budget of $1.6 million and then got brought to the re- like limited release in the U.S. thanks to, like I said, that successful Kickstarter. Um, Mm. Critical reception was positive. There was a lot of Christopher Guest comparison, which I suppose Mm. is relatively uh, inevitable based on his domination of the mockumentary space. Like Mm. he is like the name. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's still, it's like, yeah, you're, you're casting. It's like, that's not a large enough net for this film. It's like you, you, you you can, you can throw a, in terms of marketing, it's like, my God, this thing you said, how did it do? What did it do? Box office? Uh, It made 6.9 million on a budget of 1.6. Cool. Yeah. We love a success. We love a success. Yeah, yeah. That's a plus. That's a winner. That's a winner. I saw my story in terms of first time seeing it was, it was really cool because they played it. It was one of the first, well, it definitely wouldn't have been ahead of 
of, I think it was only a couple months after uh, Sundance in Halifax at the uh, Outlier Film Festival. And they programmed it. And a friend of mine was just like, hey, there's a, a vampire mockumentary from the guys who did uh, Flight of the Concords. How like, do you say no I, to that? You know, well, I was just like, I... I I was I was like sure that sounds like a fun thing to go see at this black box theater in Halifax and wow. it was it was literally the best like theater going experience I've ever had cuz like That's the awesome. place just oh dude the place just like ate it up but it was like when I say the place it was like 30 <laughs> people jammed in you know but it's it's it was a really community twisted uh celebration of of blood and vampires and all that's good. That's awesome. And this really is like the perfect kind of movie to have that sort of community feeling. It's because, you know, horror yeah. movies are classically a community like screening mm. sort of thing, comedies mm. as well. And that sort of feeling of it, like being able to catch the references together and uh, and mm. laughing at yeah. the jokes, you know, it's, it's really perfect for it. That's the thing with vampires too. It's like, they're so uh, ubiquitous, you know, in 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 culture. It's like right. inter like you know. I could ask my dad, and he could probably give me like five different vampire rules. <laughs> you, know? um, <laughs> but, uh, you don't know my. I know no one knows my father, but he's not a <laughs> cinephile. I can assure you. Uh, <laughs> Well, we'll take your word on that. Although, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he ever wants to come on and defend himself, we're happy <laughs> to have you. <laughs> yeah. He he one time he turned me on to Blue Velvet and Oh, and I love that. God, movie. When I watched that, holy crap, I was like, Wow, Paul's yeah. Paul's got some <laughs> some some tricks up his sleeve. Paul, you son of a gun, you did it again. <laughs> yes. Oh God, sorry. No, 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 no. And uh, more, more Paul talk. <laughs> this is now a Paul review show. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But to get into the actual movie, we've got now this yeah. context. Yep. It opens up on some text explaining that there's a secret society in New Zealand that mm. meets for the unholy masquerade and that the documentary crew got access to a small group within that society. Doesn't say anything about vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really like because yeah. the yeah. first actual shot is the alarm clock hitting six and going <laughs> off and then a hand just snaking out of the coffin to turn it off uh, and slithering back in. It's so funny. It's so great at establishing exactly what's going to be happening and the tone in literally yeah. one motion. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think that's why to go back to the Christopher Guest comparisons, it's like, I, I I do love Christopher Guest, but I just think this film engages the audience cinematically in ways way more actively than Christopher Christopher Guest is like, and it's they're two different things. Mm -hmm. But Christopher Guest is just kind of more about turning the camera on them, let, letting them figure it out. Whereas, yeah, well, what we do in the shadows has so many friggin' magic tricks all throughout. <laughs> it's absolutely. So cool. <laughs> I mean, I so my favorite Christopher Guest movie is probably mm. A Mighty Wind. And Whoa, cool. so much of that movie is just like, okay, they're on stage doing the performance. Like that it's not mm. yeah. there's no like fun camera movements or anything. And that's part of what makes it so great because it feels very like documentary. It it creates that naturalistic style. But yeah. it feels what, very PBS. 
exactly in a great way for what this is going for that's not really the appropriate style and i think that taika understands that he knows how to kind of break out and make it his own and the fact that he is he is able to do that from such an early point i mean literally as early a point in the movie as is possible uh just speaks (laughs) to his talent (laughs) yeah yeah it's like there's something um if you just watch him when he acts uh he friggin like he's got i i i've been picturing uh chaplin more and more i'm I'm a big chaplin fan uh but just watching the expressions that he's able to 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 make yeah uh as uh darn it what's his name is it iago viago 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 i really love I mean, my God, but yeah, him this getting out of one. the coffin. Yeah, he looks yeah. so pleased with himself. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's like him pretending, you know, like he's just like, oh, my God, I'm I'm on camera. Like, there's such a sheepish. He's so like, I. There, there, well, it's back to the sweetness. It's the vulnerability, I guess, of, of just how nervous he is and, and how much he cares to introduce the camera crew yeah to this world he has that sheepishness but at the same time there's almost like an he's he's almost unself-aware of like Mm. how dorky he is coming off (laughs) yeah because he's a dandy (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh it's really great that balance that they strike is is remarkable i i'm such a it's so weird i and I don't know, because I, I, I was an actor for 10 years, and then now I've been a filmmaker for, for just focusing on that for five years. And in my history of watching films, I, I, I've been trying to, like, get less in the critical mind. I used There was a period where I would always watch very critically, and if there was a joke that didn't land, I would always, like, my brain would always just, like, nail a signpost into the ground and be like, I remember this joke. And, like, I always, like, would just, like, I'd be like, oh, man, if there would, like, if there would be, like, three jokes that were just, like, total duds, I'd be like, uh, I would start to, like, and I know with, with this movie, not even the cynical part of my brain that drives those posts in could find really anything yeah that offended me that offended me you know my my (laughs) my there there are shades of how effective the jokes are at landing but (laughs) yeah yeah. it's it's all it's all definitely on the positive side at least oh my god Um, i i yeah it's like of of movies that don't have leslie nielsen i don't know (laughs) what would have a higher laugh rate yeah good good question what's your Folks out there, what's your number one laughs per minute movie? <laughs> it's got to be one of those either Airplane or Naked Gun, right? Yeah, laughs I mean, per minute. It's they really pack them in there in those uh, <laughs> yeah. in those movies. So I I will say though that I uh, while we're on the topic of vampires though the Dracula Dead and loving it that's one that I I found did, uh, yeah. yeah but I, I I've tried a couple times within the last like five years to watch it and I always fall off. I'm just like oh, no. Eh. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe wow. it gets better after the twenty minute mark, but I just can't. Uh... Anyways, hey, here I am again. It connect. Yeah, exactly. Can't I, sink well... your teeth in. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> There's been so many wonderful puns, and it's the the, the the sad thing is that I I always feel the need to write them down because you're always thinking of dumb ways you're trying to market your film. You know, right? But so this this is the documentary crew is going to follow 
these four vampire roommates, Viago, mm-hmm. Vladislav, Deacon, and Peter, who share a flat in the Wellington suburb of Tearo, and they all represent different eras of vampires. You've got your Lost Boys Schumacher with Deacon, your interview with a vampire dandy vampire, as you say, uh, with Viago, <laughs> your Nosferatu-type Count Orlock Peter, and uh, your classic Dracula with Vladislav. And so I'm curious, what's your favorite vampire era? Ugh. Um, my favorite vampire film is Let the Right One In. Yeah, that was the one that like, I don't know, that was kind of like around a point where I, where I was getting a little braver in terms of, (laughs) it sounds so (laughs) stupid, but I was in, I was kind of seeking out genre film and, and stuff that kind of, I don't know, that just kind of thread the needle between human drama and and the blood and guts right that was something that that i was specifically looking for at that time and i know that there's a conversation going on right now in terms of i'm i'm not one of those filmmakers who who proudly says i didn't watch uh genre or i didn't watch scary films or i i think i'm in any way yeah i and and i also feel weird about the elevated horror uh, that title, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of weird things going on, but there's a lot of good movies being made, yeah. um, which, uh, I, I count this as one of them in terms of, I, I'd count this as like a contemporary film. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I also, I think it's interesting that you mentioned let the right one in because although it's not one of the sort of four types that we focus on here, we do mm. see these like young girl oh vampires yes. later on that definitely feels like sort of an homage to let the right one in. Which yeah, absolutely. What do they say? He's like, are you killing some perverts tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yep. Yep. They just say, cool. <laughs> see ya. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah. That was great. Man, I think that my favorite era is probably yeah. like the Deacon types. Uh, I I love Fright Night, really. And oh my god, it's cool. really great. I love um, that Lost poster. Boys is great, dude. The oh, yeah. poster for Ooh. Fright Night again. So another good. well, that that alone. I never saw the film, but I had nightmares about that woman for like. <laughs> oh my god i believe like, it i believe yeah it. she would just i would be anytime i had a dream she would just come running out of the woods at me with that crazy Damn. face yeah it's just like oh. it's scary stuff it's scary stuff and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a damn good movie um although i will say that i think that my favorite vampire movie is probably yeah. uh nosferatu 79 the werner uh, <gasps> or the Klaus oh Kinski one. cool um, love it yes yeah it's it's oh. great i that's the movie that made me think that maybe Klaus Kinsey didn't really exist and he was just a waking nightmare <laughs> that I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Oh. But yeah, it's it's great. I love that they don't go over the top with being like, do you get it? Do you understand that these are each of the different types of vampires? Mm. Like they, I mean, they yeah. all have their thing and then they just kind of let that play out in a way that uh, feels natural. It's not, it doesn't feel yeah. forced at all for them to just be like, all right, we need to get them to do their thing. So Yeah, yeah. Well, they do so much of the, another one of the things that I love with this film that is featured early on is the friggin' detail that they put into the uh, art 
like yeah. the uh, and the, the the production design in general like the 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 vintage photography set to that friggin song like it's all uh, and then like some uh, of the footage uh, repeats like you're like oh man this is perfect perfect <laughs> mockumentary yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of different elements like throughout that back to that that they just like I don't know, man. From every angle, I'm just like I just when I rewatched it, I was just like, wow, slow clap. Yeah, like, holy crap, yeah. <laughs> this thing rules. <laughs> <laughs> and so Viago wakes everyone up for a flat meeting about mm-hmm. how Deacon isn't doing his chores, and this yeah. is intercut with some background. And I absolutely lose it when Deacon is telling this dramatic story about a beast hovering above him and forcing him to suck its foul blood and then going, and that was Peter. We're still friends today. <laughs> I just lose it. It's so I think funny. That's, yeah, and that's the, I, I, I could be wrong, but I think that's the one point that like Peter nods and like yeah. has like this kind of casual cadence. It's the one point where he's not like this scary monster. Yeah. And it's, it's so great. It's, it's perfect the way that they get this really strong joke in right away. It gets you laughing really hard right away. It's, it's great. Another scene that makes me laugh is Deacon talking about the only thing people liked less than a Nazi was Nazi vampires, (laughs) which checks out. Yeah. We forgot. We forgot about that when we were rewatching it, we were like, Oh yeah, he's a Nazi. Yeah, he sure is. Um, and so yeah, he's yeah. he's the Nazi vampire. Viago is a 379-year-old dandy from the 18th century who originally mm-hmm. traveled to New Zealand in the 1910s in pursuit of the love of his life, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Taika said that he actually based this performance on his mother, which I thought was very funny. Wow. Cool. Vlad cool. is an 862-year-old known as Vladislav the Poker, <laughs> played by Jermaine Clement. And this is very clearly based on Vlad the Impaler. And Deacon, like I said, is a 183-year-old, so he's the youngest, a former street peddler and the young rebel of the group who was turned into <laughs> a vampire by Peter, a uh, reclusive 8,000-year-old vampire who behaves more like a feral animal. Peter, who was played by Ben Fransham, was originally supposed to be like basically personality-less, like like hmm. not even be in as much of the movie as he is, but the makeup was so expensive that they were like, we need to shoot more footage of this wow, makeup cool, just to make cool. it worth it. And it's crazy how little decisions like that can really help to make a movie as great as it is like this. One. Perfectly. Pe- he, a perfect peppering of Peter. <laughs> and, and Viago, Vladislav and Deacon take the bus into town and we see them like look in a party. <laughs> They're demanding to be invited in due to vampire yeah. rules, which cracks me. Oh, man, it's beautiful. I've never loved that rule. That's one of my rules that I'm always like, okay, how? Uh. (laughs) Yeah, it it feels either too powerful or pointless if you're like, they can hypnotize you to make you invite them in. It's like, all right, the two are... It just uh, feels like a writer being like, oh, I got to make sure that he can't like the whole, uh, you know, like it's yeah. like I got to handicap these friggin' vampires yeah, somehow. He, he wrote himself into a corner and he, <laughs> yeah. he needed a way out. <laughs> they need um, to be invited. <laughs> but, but unfortunately it, it for worked them, here. Yeah. yeah it, and they're they're not invited, in fact, and they, they wind up at a vampire-run <laughs> <on>. club. 
<laughs> and it's the hottest night spot for vampires. And when mm-hmm. they go in, it's completely dead, which I don't know if that's uh, intended as a visual pun, but it works because it's, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And they Blade, Blade wouldn't even bother. <laughs> he certainly wouldn't. Um, oh, man, maybe that's actually my favorite vampire movie. <laughs> oh, Blade 2 or Blade 1? I, look, I, so I just rewatched Blade 2, and I love cool. it a lot, but I think yeah, that I yeah. like Blade 1 better because... It's a little tighter? It's a little tighter. There's too many characters in 2, and it takes away from my Blade time. Yeah, I feel like I, it's been a while since I watched 2, but I feel like they kind of screw up Christopherson in it, don't they? Like his usage, yeah. is he not? I can't remember how it goes. They they li- don't I use like him. him. <laughs> yeah, they don't use him too much because they have to uh, let the guy from Walking Dead, whose name is escaping me. Reedus. Um, yes. They, yeah, Norman. Right. They have to like get Norman Reedus ingratiated into the plot. <laughs> and then they just, spoiler alert, they just kill Norman Reedus. <laughs> oh, <so> weird. <laughs> we spent all that time getting to know him instead of Chris oh, Christopherson. Yeah. And you're like, what yeah. the hell? Just, just put Chris in. Yeah, give me Whistler. Give me Whistler. But I digress. and uh, (laughs) We must. Deacon meets his human familiar there, who's Jackie, played by (laughs) Jackie Van Beek. And she's also really great. She sort of acts as the straight person in this movie, someone to play against. And she really just does a spectacular job. She's so great. She deserves – you're just pulling for her so bad. You just want you just want her to get turned. She's she's putting up with so much bullshit. She sure is. Yeah, she, I love Jackie. She has to run a bunch of errands for the vampires, including <laughs> picking up virgins to feed on and cleaning up the gore and everything. And she's a married mother, but she's like, <laughs> I am at my peak right now. I want to oh, attain immortality, yeah. and yeah. she's frustrated because Deacon won't actually turn her into a vampire. Come on, Deacon. Not cool, man. <laughs> I think there's so many ways in which this film like cleverly plays with the rules of of vampires, and I think that's absolutely one of them. Like one of the small details is her saying she's at her peak, and like yeah. you know, it's like and just her. Ang- I don't know. There's so many angles in this yeah. whole thing where I was like, that's just, you, you really thought in that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I like that. They also kind of play off this again with the, the mirror image of it. When Taika Waititi is on the like Skype call with his old uh, servant who was like, <sighs> you, you promised you were going to turn me <sighs> into a vampire. And now I'm old. <laughs> yeah. He just hangs up. It's yeah. amazing. And it's like, there is, fast forwarding a bit like when deacon kind of sums up the whole story and he's saying how it's like life is sad and like there's there's real there's real there's ridiculousness but there is there and there is comedy but there is pathos it underneath all this silliness like yeah. there's legitimate pathos. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I, I think that Jackie really gets to do a lot of it as well because like yeah. she uh, – we see her like the people that she lures in are like a woman who <laughs> insulted her in primary school and her ex-boyfriend, uh, Nick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. that's sort of like vindictive. Like how would you – if you were yeah. having to lure people in, how would oh, you Oh, my it? God. And, yeah. And they she was she – was, they dated when they were 12. Yeah. <laughs> that's why she why. thinks he's a virgin exactly <laughs> in spite of his neck tattoo right oh man that's a neck tattoo that screams i have definitely had sex yeah <laughs> but 
Nick is played by Corey Gonzalez uh, McCower, mm-hmm. who is also great. And it's revealed, like we say, that neither one of them is, in fact, virgins to the vampire's chagrin. Because as Vlad says, if you're going to eat a sandwich, you just prefer knowing <laughs> nobody has fucked it. <laughs> yes! I literally like stood up in the theater <laughs> at that that screening that I was telling you about when that line happened like I literally stood up and put my hands up like it was like a Jesus moment <laughs> um cuz it's just like wow He's and right. again it's He's like fucking right <laughs> oh my god it's just like there's no you know I can never again think of like a vampire's fixation on virgins <laughs> without thinking the reason being Wow, you would want to eat something that's someone <laughs> fucked. <laughs> it's, uh, boy, oh boy. I don't know if they, I, I would love to know if they thought that up on the fly or if that was written, because that's I, just it's, a, it's great. It really is. It's an all timer. They, uh, there's another great joke right away, another great bit where they do the Lost Boys rice to maggots trick, but with a twist. They do uh, spaghetti or buschetti. 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 What, Nick? Yeah. Jeez, Don't you that, like Baschetti? It's, it's crazy that it's like we, we, you and me right now having this podcast conversation are running an extremely fine line doing the vampire voice. <laughs> uh, we, we run an extreme danger of doing it improperly. <laughs> And yeah. that that I'm and and I'm saying that only to say I have a note saying the vocal quality of each of them, like each of the different like vampire voices, like mm-hmm. uh, what's the one I wrote down one of the quotes where uh, uh yeah okay so when Taika's or uh, Christ yeah when Taika's telling them to like maybe put down towels <laughs> and Vladislav says we're vampires we don't put down towels. And there's something about, like, his, like, he would fucking, all throughout the film, he would lean into these, these, these vampirisms, uh, in the most wonderful free way that, that, like, you could only really get away with, like, in a film that you're directing and starring in, it feels like. (laughs) (laughs) But it's perfect. It is. It definitely is. Yeah. And Nick is upset by this trick and he goes to leave and the woman is killed for food and Nick uh. is attacked by Deacon as a bat and uh. Vlad as a Vlad faced cat, which God, it just, so first of all, <laughs> they set this up perfectly where they yeah. say he can never get the faces right. Yeah. And when it pans over and you see him there and it makes the actual cat noises. <laughs> Yeah. Just, it's just delightful. Uh, it, I rewound yeah. three times to rewatch that one oh, shot. Oh man! Oh, and whatever they're doing with the music at that point, whatever it's great. The score is so good in this. What it's is that so instrument? I don't like know. The, I don't know. Like the yeah. like what Maybe is like going the mandolin on? that they're getting in there? I don't oh, know. But yeah. It's God. it's great, and um, I Plan Nine is who did the score, and I wrote cool. down like three times that this score is friggin' great. Mm. So um, it really is. Like even in the in the like in the sad moments, the yeah. music is incredibly sad and incredibly. But it like again, it's like all the all these different things. I feel like they just 
friggin' fit so perfectly. I do. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Vlad or Nick is going through this hellish uh, hallway, <laughs> being attacked <laughs> by Vlad and the Bat, and Peter gets him as he escapes, and he turns <laughs> him into another vampire. <laughs> and yeah, we get a nice cut, a nice little jump in time here, where we're two months later now. Mm-hmm. And sexy the, dance. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing Deacon sexy dance. dance. It's, mm-hmm. it's delightful. For his friends. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Nick comes in, and the vampires sort of accept Nick into their group, although Deacon in particular doesn't seem to like him much. And Nick also represents one of these sort of vampire eras. And, uh, you know, he so he represents the modern vampire, all sullen and Gerard Way jackets and skinny jeans and everything. And yeah. it's I think it's really interesting to see, to like to read this on a meta level (laughs) and be like the similarities between the eighties vampires and the modern vampires of like twilight and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of similarities. And Hmm. when Deacon is complaining later about how he wears, he's like wearing like a very similar jacket to him. And like, yeah, there's so much of it. Like the text being able to be read on a more meta level, um, but also working like it doesn't feel forced in either. Yeah. You're saying it's like a generational shift. It's kind of like the, the two generations bumping it. Ah, Totally. Totally. I love that. (laughs) <laughs> Damn, hell yeah <laughs> i agree the whole stuff with the coat the way that's introduced yeah. um and the way i again uh i wonder if that was uh something that they found in improvisation uh uh but it's it's such a the way that they set that up and then and then the way that they deliver on it with the with the bat fight yep oh man that's great um <laughs> <Oy>. <laughs> and i i love I love the way that Nick interacts with them. Uh, he yeah. he wants very much to be liked. Mm. And he's like, all right, I lost my family, but now I have this new family. He, li- he literally says that. And um, mm. he manages to get them into an actual club. <laughs> and uh, they meet his friend Stu, who works yes. in computers and stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> it's they're, the other vampires are just, like, delighted. They're, this is the sort of tipping point of allowing He's the him coolest the guy. Yeah, exactly. The um, coolest guy, so helpful. <laughs> Sets up the. I can't like all the stuff. All the all watching them learning to use the internet is oh. like I don't know, man. This this film took me on such a journey it's, that I was amazing. not prepared for. It. I love. And, how Stu takes everything in stride, including the reveal that Nick is a vampire. That that moment where he sits him down and he's like, uh, maybe you noticed that yeah. I've been changing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. it's handled so well. Dude, um, it, it, well, that's the thing that's so beautiful beautiful about this film is that like there's something so damn true about the performances. They, yeah. they catch something really true about, like, men and vulnerability, but also at the same time, you know, reality television, because there's a camera with a light. But it's yeah. all, like, it's all so, it rings so true, and the music's all, like, heartfelt, but it's all, it's all working, because Stu, yeah. Stu is, uh... His Stu understated Stu. performance really helps uh, to anchor things. He really he, does. Yeah. My heart, again, it swells. <laughs> 
Um, on the way back to the house, they get into a scuffle with some werewolves, but not werewolves, led by Reese Darby. Whoa. And boy, this group is just so great. They're only in the movie for a short amount of time total. Yeah. There's this, and then a later scene, or two, I guess two later scenes, but they mm, are yeah. such a fun, integral part of like creating some external conflict for them to butt Ugh. up against while still retaining that sort of charming nature that uh, we've established and worked really hard to establish. Yeah. It's just and great. very grounded. So yeah. damn grounded. It's like, yeah, this is what a group of werewolves, you know, they go <laughs> chain themselves in the woods. And uh, when he starts yelling at the guy for, what was he wearing? Like denim or something. He's like, yeah, you're going to split my right through those. <laughs> Where's, like, your oh, track Where's your tracksuit? Where's your tracksuit? Reese, Reese, I mean, that's another, been another fun thing. I didn't, I, I never, I saw a bit of Flight of the Concords and everything that I saw I really loved, but I never dove in. Yeah. But diving into Tiger's films, getting to see all the Reese Darby things. <laughs> um, oh my God. He's, he's, he's a real, a real delight, <laughs> that Reese Darby yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He can, he can go there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess he's pretty he's pretty restrained here, but it's just yeah. I don't know. Again, he's he's just one hundred percent awesome. Yeah, he he's rising exactly to the level that the film needs, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is is important. The yeah. fact that's what makes him so such a good comedian is because he doesn't only have the one level. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because what was it? Uh, yeah, Wilder people when he was like doing the the crazy oh Wilderbush guy. Like that was like <laughs> ten out of ten. Like going for it, and yeah. it worked. And Definitely. this is this is this is so understated, and it's a freaking home run as well. Yeah, and then somewhere oh, in the middle is um, the Jumanji movies, the new Jumanji movies. That's his. <laughs> that's his five. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he has fun just going up there and just yep. saying that shit. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And as you say, Stu sort of endears himself to the group by teaching them to use modern technology. Uh, Viago uses the internet to uh, both reconnect with his old servant, like I said, and uh, to find where Catherine is. She is now a 96-year-old widow living in a retirement home in Wellington. (laughs) And uh, you just see him pining outside her window. (laughs) And you're like, oh, man, this is, like, so cute that he's... Yeah. Still, like, he's still in love with her. He talks about the, like, history of their relationship and, like, how he clearly doesn't care about the fact that she's aged. <laughs> yeah. It's just very sweet. Like you said, it yeah. has that sweetness to it. I think that this sort of B-plot really helps to um, deliver on that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, it's, I mean, it's the B-plot and then it just becomes... Well, I guess yeah. I don't know. It's the it's the point. I told I will not lie. I was like, I started like crying in that screening because, like I said, it was such a beautiful screening. And then I was like, oh my god, they're wrapping up the movie. This is like the most beautiful movie. And then I like started tearing at that beautiful moment where they're together. And I'm like, and then (laughs) when he says the thing, I'm skipping ahead again about like not caring if people call him a cradle robber and all that (laughs) stuff. It's like, I was just like bursting out laughing. Like I couldn't believe that. Like, that somebody, that a film had gotten this far without my dumb cynical brain that I hate 
<laughs> slamming in one of those dumb signposts. I was like, oh, wow, this yeah. was a no no hitter. <laughs> and it's it's inc- it's great that they managed to leave on that high note. Like it would be very easy for you to leave on that sort of like, oh, that was sweet. I guess that's nice. But they, I mean, they are a comedy first and foremost, and they really hit you with those jokes right at the end. They leave you laughing instead of. Uh, and again, yeah, but it's like, yeah, it keeps going, and it's because what comes? Am I skipping ahead? Where are we? Uh, I am so skipping Nick, ahead because we didn't do the ball. Yeah, we'll get, to, we'll get to I'll leave we'll get it. to I'll the rest. <laughs> Nick is carelessly revealing his vampirism to strangers. Uh, one of Twilight. <laughs> Twilight. He's. I love Nick. It's so funny, and <sighs> one of them is a vampire hunter. And this talk race, like, I know you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. Uh, again, another pitch perfect performance that you're like. That's probably just a guy who, like, he literally said that to, and then the guy responded, and they just happened to get it on mic. But then yeah. it's like, oh, he's the dead guy in the basement. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, and they I really – I love this fight scene that you're talking about where it pays off about the jackets where, where Deacon and Nick are fighting, and they're they're like – first it starts talk, it starts off about the – revealing his vampirism, but clearly uh, Deacon has <laughs> other – yeah. <laughs> Other yeah. issues on his mind. And uh, yeah. this like bat fight that they have where then like Deacon like turns back into the vampire and throws Nick at the garbage that wall. Throw, it looks good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There are so many things in this friggin' film, special effects wise, that that look incredible. And that throw is like I yeah. And it but and and then to make matters even better, isn't it his jacket is ripped? from that throw like my god hell yeah it's great and (laughs) this is followed up by another really funny scene where they're at a diner and nick eats one of Stu's fries and vlad is just like oh no i wouldn't eat that and it just (laughs) hard cuts to nick just projectiling blood all over an alleyway and i don't i don't know why it's so funny to me that they play el condor pasa yeah oh my god so okay, so wait, so what is this song? Because you said the name, so yes. what is this? Give me some it's context because it's a beautiful Simon and Garfunkel. It's, <gasps> wow! It's uh, El Condor Pasa parentheses. Um, I think I think the parentheses is like I wish I was or no, if I were <laughs> something like that. The name cool. of the song is El Condor Pasa, and it's amazing and it's a great song. <laughs> and hearing <laughs> this instrumental version of it play over him puking up blood, just hit yeah. me so perfectly i cool. it, it's so funny to me um, well it it played without the context for me just the <laughs> the emotional chords that it, there's something about it that was i don't know the image the music of it felt like it was trying to be uh to present an inspirational yeah. something inspirational and it was very much uh well it was a spectacle it sure was boy it's it's a great scene and the vampire hunter breaks into the flat during the yes. day he breaks into the basement and he kills peter by exposing him to sunlight ripped to a real one um yeah. now i wanted to again sort of look at this from a meta aspect do you think that this style of vampire is dead i'm cu- because I, I don't know if an audience would still accept a vampire that looks like that because I, I look at like the Invisible Man movie that just came out, yeah. and I there was a moment while I was watching that movie where it kind of sank into me that I was like, 
I don't think that people would see a movie about a guy who drinks a potion and goes nuts. Like there, mm. there, it had to be like a technology thing for mm. for the Invisible Man. It couldn't just it it couldn't be the like classic thing. And so I'm curious if you think that people would yeah. still react in a positive way to that sort of like grotesque vampire instead of the like suave, sexy vampire that's so prolifer- uh, proliferated in our modern culture. You're saying, so you're saying, do you think the audiences would accept, uh, the, the Nosferatu style where just like in, in general? Yeah. Like, Oh, do you think that a movie that was in that classic style of these like yeah. long lingering German expressionist style things, do, oh like, God. would that be a success for today's audiences? I, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, who knows? Um, I mean, yeah, sorry, that's such a lazy answer. Uh, what, did they, I can't remember, is it my brain, all that stuff, like, over the last, like, three years with the universal dark universe, Ugh. my brain doesn't know what they actually made versus what wasn't made, <laughs> so, like, I have all these, like, I don't know, it, it, it I, I think, I think they could do it right, but also, at the same time, I'm, I, I just... I don't know. They actually, I, 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 they tucked in Dracula Untold into the into the uh, Universal Dark Universe. So, so they yeah. actually did. That was a movie that they made. You're telling me? Yeah. So they like <laughs> they like they like grandfathered it in. It like came out, and then they were Who like, was in, Tom Cruise wasn't in this one, right? No. Oh man. Okay. This uh, see this. It was made by a director that has never. I'm just going to say it never made anything yeah. good. Oh, <laughs> and no. okay. this actor, uh, who uh, is escaping me. Uh, let's see. Dracula. Was it a wide release? Yeah. Yeah. God. Uh, we used to release so much and now there's Luke nothing. <laughs> Luke, Luke Evans oh. is the director. Oh. Or no, uh, he's the actor and Gary Shore is the director and i'm sorry gary maybe that was harsh of me but for god's sake you had dominic cooper and charles dance and you wasted them oh charles dance yeah do something with charles somebody do yeah Yeah. um god i don't know i watched i only just for the first time watched um the uh friggin dracula with oldman uh like a year ago and uh I understand why it wasn't a he. Although it, it didn't it drum up a bunch of interest. Yeah. Or am I wrong? Okay. No, okay. It did. Okay. Uh, I was. I mean, my God. Visually, some of the stuff was so cool, and like, uh, my brain just was broken by Keanu and Winona. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Their dynamic was so weird. I loved it. It's a. Um, it's a weird one. He. Yeah. His sorry. his wooden style doesn't quite work in that although i i love That's keanu so i think that yeah uh, he's great in a lot of stuff um that yeah just yeah. isn't maybe one of them <laughs> oh it was such a bold move on their part to sure try is. and slot him in there i i, it, I have yeah. to respect them for it but um, yeah i still also can be honest <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um yes. but yeah i i don't know basically to wrap that little digression up i i no i i just i think that it i don't think that audiences would really accept that anymore i I don't think think they're hungry for it yeah i Um, I don't think that i don't like when you know the the dracula or nosferatu story wherein an element of it is that dracula is a uh real estate magnet like (laughs) 
as much as I hate developers uh, and what they've done to modern cities, uh, I'll speak for Toronto. I don't know what's going on in Philly. No, it's not great here either. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> they do the same thing. I'm, I'm not, that's always been something, I don't know, I'm not tied to the story. I, I love vampires. I love, I love I love the the clay shape that is a vampire story that yeah. that can be thrown around and and manipulated. Yeah, here here's yeah. one thing that I I wish would come back into yeah. style from yeah. vampires. Um, yeah. Bring back the armadillos. <laughs> they were classically in the 1930s Dracula. There was an armadillo on his stairs. <laughs> And what? Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. yes, yes. And I think that armadillos should make a comeback in vampire stories. <laughs> I mean, I totally agree. Do you know why I've I totally forgot about this and I remember being just being like, That's an armadillo. <laughs> I have no idea why. Do you know why? They they just wanted it to be like a weird creature that people would be like, oh, what's that? And they landed on an armadillo because they could get their hands on it. And oh man, boy, I think it must have been so delightful. cool to make movies in the thirties. <laughs> what I do we got? Yeah, yeah, I'd be I would be inserting so many weird animals. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, future vampire story creators out there, put armadillos. Armadillo. <laughs> friggin um, noted <laughs> perfect this was my plan all along <laughs> uh, but the vampires are furious when they discover that Nick has indirectly caused Peter's death and Deacon tries to kill Nick and this was one of the times when I noted that the score that plays during this is really great when he's like mm. fighting him as they're flying up the oh, stairs Yeah, but uh, they're interrupted oh. by some Sorry, well, sorry. No, that that that. I just want to say briefly again the commitment to the execution of the friggin' joke. They build a an inception hallway, <laughs> and they have a friggin' inception fight. Like my yeah. god, it rules. Anyways, it really. I rules. just wanted a moment for the for the lo fi sure. inception. Hell yeah! Shout out to that hallway, and yeah. <laughs> uh, they're interrupted by some police officers whom uh, Viago hypnotizes, and they do a bunch of fun fake outs with this, uh, like almost noticing a body or something, and then just pointing out a fire hazard. If you like this, check out Wellington Paranormal, which features these same cops doing more of it. So, have you watched it? Uh, I haven't. I heard it's fun, cool. but it gets a little repetitive, um, which I can understand. But I still haven't. Uh dove d- dived into uh the what we do in the shadows tv show nor I'm, I'm, oh really cool yeah, okay I, yeah i, I, I hear w- it's great though that's all i hear yeah they just got renewed for their third season i believe so cool. uh cool. people are enjoying it which is great to hear and uh, i definitely want to check it out but it's hard there's so much movies how do i have time uh. for tv <laughs> I know. I'm not much of a TV guy. I like lo- I love yeah. Succession and that's like kind of like the only thing I've of TV I've watched over hey, the man, last like year. I can relate. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. once the police leave, they have the trial of Nick. Great great <laughs> visual gag here where they reflect their paintings on the wall. Uh, it's so funny and Nick is banished from the flat. After some more meta commentary about how the new vampires need to find their own style and stop wearing the same jacket as the 80s one, but Stu is still permitted to come as he pleases, which is such a great touch when they're like, he, they're like walking out sullenly and, and Viago is like, bye Stu. <laughs> like, yeah, they can't, they can't. 
yeah, they can't keep that that facade with Stu. There's no <laughs> way. We can't be angry with Stu. No, definitely sweet. not. And it cuts again, this time another several months later, and the vampires have received an invitation to the annual Unholy Masquerade, mm. hosted for the local undead population of vampires, zombies, and witches, <laughs> interestingly, who I would not have necessarily pegged as undead, but I guess uh, I guess it, it, it counts. <laughs> I think it's cool. I think they're I think they're super progressive. Yeah, I I love a witch. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> Vladislav refuses to come. He he says he's not going to go because he learns that the beast, the beast will be a guest of honor. <laughs> and I I think it's so funny when we we, they, we don't get this reveal immediately in the movie, but mm. when they tell us that the beast is his ex-girlfriend Pauline, <laughs> I just laugh so hard it's such a great reveal yeah yeah. because it's been building up for the whole movie like even in his background they talk about how he was defeated by the beast (laughs) the beast is why he can't get the faces right because the the artwork yeah the artwork that they show for the beast (laughs) is like horrifying it's like the baba duke (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah it's uh it really does build it up but it's just a lover's quarrel it sure is. Um, yeah. I also I love Viago's blade costume. Although Deacon oh. shoots it down, it's like he's a vampire hunter. It's inappropriate. <laughs> it's, like, it's so funny. It's such a great like. Again, you talk about those little character moments, and I just love that Viago is the one who goes for that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that he thinks that it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's not wrong in my opinion. No. 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 No, sir. And Vlad is looking rough, and in what is maybe the best line, he demands that they leave him to do my dark bidding on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) What are you bidding on? Uh, Table. (laughs) So ridiculous. You see it coming a mile away, but it's just like, it's, it's a piece de resistance. Yeah, sometimes you're there to see the home runs, baby. Yeah, yeah, that was that was teed up perfectly. <laughs> um, and Viago and Deacon arrive at the ball, and they run into Nick, Stu, and Jackie, who has been turned into a vampire by Nick. Yeah, she and looks great. She, she looks, looks great. She looks great. She looks um, motivated, engaged <laughs> with life, or I guess death. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the afterlife. Yeah, and uh, this is when we get the reveal when the beast Pauline comes on stage and. <laughs> When Stu and the camera crew are discovered to be human, the party guests like surround them because they're like, we're going to kill and feed on them. It, there's a lot of great like dialogue between them that uh, you should – I mean, if you yeah. haven't seen this movie, oh, us God. sitting what here you, being dude, like, do know, you remember this line is not nearly as good. Uh, <laughs> so. I'm, I'm, I really hope we're providing some sort of uh, – <laughs> some information along the way other than me like every five minutes being like, this movie is perfect i would like to the record to show that this movie is perfect yes. at, the, at the very least if you have not seen this movie oh, you should God. really go get out of and here watch it yeah <laughs> get out of here go. stop go. this podcast go watch and then come back re-listen to the whole damn thing once you've seen it so. exactly double listen <laughs> twice <laughs> this is when vladislav arrives in a delightfully flamboyant style and he gets into this fight with Pauline's new boyfriend, Julian. And 
it's I forgot that his name was Julian. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Uh, it's so fun. It's such a fun fight scene. And Vlad is on the ropes when Stu, Savior Stu, impales Julian on the flagpole. Friggin' hero. Hero. And yeah. the, the vampires and the camera crew escape the ball. Only yeah, because what is Julian again? He's a is he a warlock? Yeah, I, th- okay. I think he is. Uh, okay, he, cool. he's um, he looks bad. I'll tell you that. Yeah, he looks like a, like a frog, frog <laughs> warlock. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. there's something something not there's right something. going on there. Yeah, it's um, magic. <laughs> but as they escape, they run right into this pack of werewolves again, chaining them up, <laughs> and I. I know that I just said that the other line was my favorite line, but my yeah. actual favorite line is Reese Darby saying, fuck off to a tree. <laughs> yes. yes. The simplicity yes. just kills me. Yeah. The simplicity and the urgency. <laughs> There's they're just something about him. He, he plays that character to a T. This guy who's watching out over his pack. He is the alpha. <laughs> he sure is. As he mentions many it. times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, this distraction of the vampires prevents them from getting chained up in time, and they tur- they transform under the full moon. One of the cameramen is ripped in half by a werewolf, <laughs> and Stu, ripped to Stu, viciously mauled. The vampires are sure that he's dead, and they run away, and they grieve, and Deacon and Nick get a chance to connect here in their sorrow. Yeah. Again, th- I think it's interesting from a meta perspective to be like, those are the much more like emo style vampires who sort of oh like wallow in the misery of eternal life and how it's really a curse and, <laughs> and so the yeah. fact that they're the two who kind of connect over this sorrow i think is uh, is interesting dude it's uh, i love that moment it's funny he has that whole monologue there deacon and in the middle, there's probably, like, the wettest noodle of a joke in the whole movie, which is something about, like, crackers. You could be making a mask out of crackers and ducks. And it's such a dud. But the whole, the emotion of that moment, it almost feels like a zinger would have, I, I feel like it was a low-hanging fruit on purpose to make yeah. the emotion land. Anyways, that whole that whole scene again, it just like it also it feels so in cool. line with his character. Like Deacon mm. is very self-serious. Like he takes himself very very seriously, and so the mm. idea of him like trying to like put like a, a joke in there, <laughs> like Deacon <laughs> is not he's not the jokester. The fun, the I, these guys are so funny true. because they're put yeah. into these weird situations. They are not yeah. like funny themselves. Really, they're not like telling jokes yeah. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. They're striving for they're striving for acceptance. Yeah. The same as us all. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and they connect, and an indeterminate amount of time passes. We don't know exactly how long it's been, but yeah. Nick leaves a voicemail yes. with the, with the uh, vampire saying that he has a surprise that will blow what a them away. Reveal. He returns uh, to the flat with Stu in tow. What a delight. <laughs> it's so great to see him what again. What a delight. <laughs> a little extra hair. Yeah. yeah. A little extra hair. I love that Deacon answers the front, like the doorbell. 
and, or the knocking or whatever it is. And he's so thrilled to see Stu there. And he like greets him with a big hug. <laughs> and they're like, oh, your scars are so cool. Like he has like these visible scars all over his face. And yeah. we see behind Stu, the werewolves, and it's revealed that he survived the attack and is now transformed into a werewolf. And you get this great coming together where Stu and Nick's banishment it's is incredible. rescinded. Which is nice. Good yeah. for Nick. The, the, oh, dude, the amount of like the little chitter chatter between the two groups, like the little the little yeah. digs that they throw at each other uh, at each other as they're like you know trying to be civil and try and it's like kind of awkward because they you know they've they've been these two gang these two yeah. rival gangs. It's again, it's just like they've taken these two freaking werewolves and vampires and they just made it the most human thing in the most like rural man yeah. way it feels like this is you the know I mean? underworld <laughs> we deserved <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah give me some of this emotion give me some of this vulnerability yeah, they, they have a great they have a nice party to celebrate Stu's recovery uh, we also see that viago has reconnected with Catherine, as you mentioned um who he has turned into a vampire and they're dating again despite the fact that he is four <laughs> times her age um he doesn't care he doesn't <laughs> care uh, what people will say about him uh, being a cradle snatcher yeah and uh like you say it's very sweet oh uh, and she even gets i can't remember what her line is but it's really again it like lends itself like it just did nothing but added another smile on my yep. face i was glad to see that she after all this time of like building her up uh, i was glad that that character got a chance to say her yeah, piece absolutely you know, as small as it was but it was it was it was just a nice moment like to see those two yeah thrown up against one another yeah absolutely and and this transitions into the credits which have additional scenes including uh revealing that vlad is in fact back with pauline repeating the cycle and that <laughs> yeah what are they doing are they fighting yeah. on the wall like, yeah they're remember. they're tussling okay, cool, cool. <laughs> we also see that jackie has made her husband her familiar <laughs> yeah. which is really great yeah she does it with an iron fist i love you yes. but i am yeah. your master <laughs> it's yes, great yes yes okay got it <laughs> and then finally you get the post credit scene that shows deacon attempting to hypnotize the audience into forgetting that the film ever uh, yeah. happened and boy oh boy it's just so great i mean in addition to the aforementioned two spin-off shows this is supposedly yeah. getting a sequel yeah. called werewolves yeah i got this quote however from taika that said Werewolves is the film that Jermaine and I keep pretending that we're making. Every couple of years we say, mm -hmm. we're making this new film called Werewolves, which follows the werewolves from the film. And he's, But then he goes on to say, I feel bad to even mention it now because we keep saying it. But it's like a dad saying, yeah, I'll be home for Christmas. And I suppose we're just two dads out on the road enjoying our lives and going, we're not coming home for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, I hope they. I hope they do eventually. Well, yeah. So he says, uh, "We'll send a postcard." It's not like we don't want to come home for Christmas. We would like nothing more, but we have a lot of shit going on. When are you going to die? Oh, do you yeah. have a deadline before your death? I guarantee it before then. <laughs> Five years, ten years. It took us seven years to write the first film. So you do the math. This is a sad thing to say. That's what he. So that's the end of his quote, which it is a sad thing to say, but <laughs> I also can appreciate the honesty of him being like, "Look, don't freaking, don't hang all your hopes on yeah. this." So who knows what'll actually happen in terms of getting that sequel? Yeah, I can appreciate the honesty, but I, 
I, I get frustrated with, um, there's just so many filmmakers who it seems like they get, it, it feels like it used to be the rule. You know, I, I always feel like that the word on the street or whatever was like one for them, one <laughs> yeah. for you, one for that. And it, it, at least with Taika, it's like, all right, come back over. <laughs> I, I, I have loved what he's done. I'm not offended by Marvel or Disney films, but uh, they're not my first sure. stop. No, generally. hey, and, and we reached now the point of the show, Glenn, where we sum yes. up why exactly that is. The best horror movie ever made. We put sort of a cap on it. So I'll, I'll uh, let you start us off. I mean, my God, uh, we've already touched on the fact that I've had a damaged relationship with the scary films. So it's kind of like this, this was, uh, like I said, I let the right one in kind of brought me back in, but it's like, boy, oh boy, it just, what we do in the shadows really just brings so like it, it's, it, it hooks a friggin' electricity up to my brain in terms of the possibilities in terms of genre filmmaking. Yeah. Like I hate to be, but it's like, for something to just hit on every level and in in so many different ways it really uh i i i know it was the 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 bedrock it wasn't i didn't watch that film and then the next day go oh i'm gonna make a vampire (laughs) film it was like i think it was like two years later but it was like let the right one in and this i know are part of that bedrock of like damn vampires are cool yeah. it's like you can there, there there's an interesting dynamic there that you know you can really it, it pairs differently with a lot of different types of yeah. people and so it's that's been something that i've been having a lot of fun in uh experimenting and playing with on my end and and i guess that's my big reason why i love it so much is that they do. They play yeah. with it. But it never feels like they're dicking around. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. To me, this is the best horror movie ever made because not only is it hysterically funny, but they clearly love horror too. It is yeah. so entrenched in the the tropes and misfires and delights of horror movies and of vampire movies in in particular. And the fact that it has all these homages to other films just kind of packed into the background. Like we said that with the, like the let the right one in and that it has this sort of meta meta commentary running through it the whole time that is acknowledged, but not forced down your throat. Like a lot of movies with a meta commentary do. Yeah, sure. It manages to do all this while also being, a terrifically funny movie that is written starring and directed by the same person. And it, it didn't pull his attention (laughs) in any one way because, you know, sometimes it can be hard. I, I was just reading about psycho three and how Anthony Perkins is truly incredible. I think that Norman Bates is one of the greatest horror performances of all time, but, and I think that he's really great in psycho two as well, but I've never seen three he directs it as well and there's just something that it feels like he's pulled away from his acting performance because he's focused on directing dude i did it once when back when i was an actor i got a a little bit of funding for a short and uh I, i starred in it and directed it and it was this crazy like it was super ambitious a lot of action and anyways uh it was a terrible experience <laughs> you know because you're the director so it's like you know you you really got to depend on your on your scene mm-hmm. mates to kind of like to just 
I don't know. You got to depend on them and you got to depend on, on your bullshit yeah. on it or absolutely so so yeah it's remarkable that he was able to do this and that they were able to find the balance between improv and what was written especially uh today it's very easy to tell when they just let the camera run a lot of the time and are like okay give us something give us something snappy here and this doesn't have that feel the fact that we talked several times about do you think this was improvised or written that yeah, that speaks yeah. to the to the level that not only the performances are on, but that the writing was on. That they're able to fu- sort of Absolutely. function at that level. And so, for all of these reasons, that makes this the best horror movie ever made. Glenn, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, dude. This was so much yeah. fun. Please tell the people where they can find your stuff, where they should be looking out for teething. Yeah, man. Yeah, teething right now is is making the festival rounds. We've got a, a few really fun fests coming up. Uh, people can find us at teethingfilm.com and also on Instagram, at teethingfilm. We just recently added a bunch of, like, behind-the-scenes uh, we redid our like Instagram so that it's a uh, uh, it was my attempt to make it sna- a snazzy <laughs> landing spot for you sure. know for people who I guess stumble upon us on the internet. But so we're currently writing uh, the fourth draft of the feature, um, and then once that's done, we're going to be uh, trying to get it made. Well, I <laughs> hope that uh, you have good luck with that because I watched the trailer and I'm really, really yeah. looking forward to it. So I'll send you the short, man. Awesome. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, and cool. as far as my plugs, you can find me on Twitter at little horror PHL. Uh, that's also the website, www.littlehorrorphl.com. And uh, we just launched a Patreon recently. So if you are loving the show and you're like, hey, I wish that George wasn't losing money on it, then you can can support us at the Patreon. What a concept. (laughs) There's three three tiers. There's one to just support the show, but there's also tiers where you can get uh, early and ad-free versions of the show and even bonus content like commentaries, bonus episodes, and all kinds of jazz. So... Uh, yeah, throw us a bone, folks. Do <laughs> and uh, Do and uh, the only other thing is leave us a rating and a review on iTunes if you would be so kind because it helps new people find the show. And that is pretty much it for me, Glenn. Thanks again, man. And um, thank you. Yeah, this was a pleasure. It was such a fun like homework assignment <laughs> to like sit down and like watch a film and pay attention. Yeah, hey, <laughs> it's not always easy these days, so I appreciate you doing it and uh, everyone out uh. there. Have a good one. Peace and love, brother. Yeah, peace and love to you as well. Peace and love.